0: Hey, I'm Steve Foll and welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Coconut, the one simple app you need to manage your business finances when you're self-employed. With banking, bookkeeping, invoicing and tax all in one place. Get started today. Getcoconut.com slash beingfreelance. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for copywriter Sarah DeForest.
1: It's really important to just never burn any bridges. Just try to be a person that people want to work with. And I was like, okay, great, but here's my contract. And then they just never responded. And I like followed up a few times. I'm glad I felt comfortable enough to just move on. It's probably a red flag if they don't want to sign a contract. Not be afraid to ask hi, sometimes. I would get scared to ask for higher rates, but especially for bigger companies, like it doesn't make that much of a difference to them, but it makes a huge difference to you.
0: Yeah, so there is Sarah, who is a copywriter and also a stand-up comedian um, based over in San Francisco in the States. Sarah coming up in a moment, joining um, over 200 episodes that you can find wherever you get your podcasts. If you've found this, then please hit subscribe. If you enjoy it, then please consider leaving a review. But you can also find everything to do with a podcast at beingfreelance.com. There's articles and videos. Uh, there's the shop. There's ways to support uh, what what I'm doing with the podcast. But also, you can join the community. So there's loads of, of other freelancers from all around the world, hanging out, asking questions, being supportive, being funny. Uh, We're doing the Being Freelance book club. We do live Q&As. We do the Non-Employee of the Week Awards. So loads of stuff in there. Please come join the community at beingfreelance.com. And if you're a freelancing parent and you've not yet listened, then give the other podcast I do a go. I co-host it with Frankie from the Doing It for the Kids community, and it is called Doing It for the Kids. I actually put out as like a little little sample episode over christmas right here on the feed if you just want to go back and check that but otherwise search for doing it for the kids and hit subscribe there and i will catch you over there as well anyway let's crack on shall we and find out what it's like being freelance for copywriter sarah deforest hey sarah hi there as ever let's get started hearing how you got started being freelance
1: yeah so i've been uh freelancing for about a year and a half now um and I started uh, after I got laid off from my job at a startup, which is a pretty common story here in Silicon Valley. But, uh, you know, it, it was a total blessing in disguise because it, it really pushed me to start freelancing, which is something that I wanted to do, but was too afraid to try.
0: So what were you doing before that? Like were you, other than at the startup, like had you been working for years in a certain field or what, what was it before?
1: Yeah. So I was, um, I was the VP of marketing at a startup here in San Francisco. Um, so in that role, I mean, I, w- I was the first marketing hire. So I I did a little of everything as you do in startups. So it was, you know, content and, and copywriting, like what I do now, but also social and email and events, lead generation, hiring a team, branding. So a little, I, that was like a you know, a crazy startup experience, but it was a good experience because I I learned a ton. Because before that, I was more focused on like just on content and just on communications. Um, Before the startup, I was at uh, Hewlett Packard for a few years doing some like digital content, some email stuff. And then before Hewlett Packard, I was at uh, a PR agency in New York
0: so you were quite niched and then you went into the VP of marketing and you learned lots of things at once.
1: Yeah, I think it was, um, I think my experience and my interest has, you know, has always been writing, like whether it's at the PR firm, like writing op-eds or ghost writing articles on behalf of clients or... Uh, at hp we did a lot of just kind of traditional communications like press releases and things like that Um, so i think writing has has always been the common thread so it makes sense that that's what i'm focused on in freelancing now but uh within the field of marketing and communications i've been able to kind of touch on a lot of different areas
0: so when you decided to go freelance how did you get those first freelance clients?
1: I basically reached out to everyone I had ever worked with <laughs> in my career, in like in my entire career, and uh, so just to put a bunch of feelers out there and see if if anyone was interested or needed uh, some help. My first client was uh, this tech company here in the Bay Area that I initially was interviewing for them for a full time role. And then I didn't end up getting that one, but then they said, actually, we have this contract role if you're interested. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm more interested in that role. <laughs> so I, I took that on and that was a, a great first client. It was you know part time a couple of days a week. Um, and then around the same time, a friend of a friend who owns his own business posted on LinkedIn about needing a part time marketing consultant. And so I jumped on that. And, and so those were my two first clients. And that was when I was, you know, just starting out, just kind of seeing if this was a thing that I could sustain. And then by the end of the year, I really liked the lifestyle. I, I liked the flexibility. And, and so I wanted to kind of go all in.
0: When you said like you were doing a couple of days, you know, for a particular company, was that in-house or did you get to, or have you always been working from home or where do you, what's it like for you?
1: Yeah, that so that first company was um in the office just a couple of days a week. Um but it quickly became clear that I preferred working from home. <laughs> <laughs> um it, I just it's not for everyone. I I think some people prefer to have like a separate space for their work and um you know when they're home they get distracted by things, but I actually I just find I'm most productive and most comfortable there. And so yeah, like after you know, an initial few months working like very consistently with this client, then we sort of worked it out. So I would just work remotely and fewer hours so I could pursue other clients too. But yeah, so I I work pretty much from home. I, I have some meetings with clients like once in a while, but, but I would say 90% of the time I'm home.
0: Yeah. How do you manage this sort of stay focused? What technique have you settled on?
1: I'm very um, tied to my calendar. So I will block off chunks of time on my calendar each day dedicated to like, okay, this is when I am going to work on this assignment. I know that this needs to be done by the end of the week. So here's how I'm going to lay out the rest of my week in order to get everything done. With, you know, cell phone distractions, I've learned to literally just put it in the other room, (laughs) like where it's (laughs) just out of sight, out of mind, because I know, even if I can just like see my phone, like you're, you know, we're so addicted to these things that your brain just starts to poke at you. Like, Hey, why don't you see if you got any notifications? Why don't to yes. take a look at it? <laughs> and so I've learned that like, I have to not only put it on do not disturb, but actually like put it in a different room where I can't even see.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bury it in the backyard. Yes.
1: Bury it in the backyard. Um, and I, what else do I do? I mean, I, I, I've also been pretty good about keeping regular hours. Like, I think work life balance is is really important to me, and and always has been. So, I, I think maybe that sort of drives me to not procrastinate too much because I know that I I don't like working in the late evenings. I'm kind of brain dead in that. <laughs> like, I'm definitely more of a morning person. So, if I put it off and have to work late, then I'm just not going to produce as good of work. And so, I think maybe that sort of drives me to.
0: So you've obviously worked a lot in marketing how have you found marketing yourself
1: So most of my clients are still through referrals and like word of mouth and and or people I've worked with in the past so I haven't really had to market myself yet Yeah most of most of my clients have been through my network whether it's like people I've worked with who have moved on to other jobs or get referrals through them I I've had a few uh clients like through LinkedIn. Like if they, if it's like recruiters, you know, looking for a freelancer, a contractor. Um, and so I, yeah, I really haven't done too much marketing myself except for making sure to stay in touch with, um, with my network. And, you know, if there's a client I've worked with in the past or a prospect I had talked to at one point, but you know, nothing came of it. Then I try to like make a regular habit to, to reach out to them, um, every so often, And then actually lately, I've been trying to do more speaking engagements too. Um, I actually got to speak on a panel at South by Southwest last year, um, which is a huge tech conference here in the States, you know, so trying to do a little bit more of that. And we'll see if in the future, I mean, I'd be interested to try doing like advertisements or, um, you know, maybe an email newsletter or something to market my my own work.
0: Yeah, but it just goes to show that marketing can also just be kind of like showing up online and in person and being nice to people and reminding people you exist, I guess.
1: Totally. Yeah. That's what I've really learned through freelancing is it's really important to just never burn any bridges. Um, (laughs) (laughs) even Like just try to be a person that people want to work with. Like even when I was working full time, like in-house at companies, I, you know, I didn't know that I was eventually going to be freelancing, but I just, you know, it's just like so important to, Uh, to maintain those relationships or at least be someone that people enjoyed working with. So that, you know, like I've had, I've had to reach out to people who I hadn't spoken to in maybe like five or 10 years. And, you know, it, it was good that, you know, they could see my name and, you know, it would be someone that they, they were like, Oh yeah, I remember her. She was great. You know, would love to work with her again versus like, remember, remember that time we (laughs) didn't get along on that really stressful project. And (laughs) now I need something from you. Like that just doesn't work as well.
0: Now, I like how on your website, it says at the top, a serious marketer brackets who also does comedy, close brackets.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, I do stand up comedy here in San Francisco. So that was yet another reason why um, I decided to freelance so I could have a more flexible schedule. Um, I could do shows at night during the week or travel and just not really have to worry about being in the office the next day. So yeah, I've been doing stand up for about probably five years now. Yeah, since I've started freelancing, I've, I've really been able to focus on it a lot more, which has been really fun. That's
0: cool. When you went freelancing like because I, I love the fact that it says a serious marketer who also does comedy. The fact that you haven't hidden one from the other or whatever. Yeah. It's, y- y- did you at first or ha- have you just gone, nah, this is me?
1: I, it was mainly just like, I, I, I just wanted to create one website <laughs> and I, did, <laughs> and I had, I had the domain, like I had com, and I, I don't know, I would, but I seriously need to update my website—it's kind of like the, the saying like the cobbler's kids have no shoes. <laughs> like I really um, need to like spend time and, and update it because I I have thought about like would it make more sense to use this as just my professional website and then maybe, you know, maybe maybe the headline shouldn't be like also comedy, um, and then you know if people wanted to see comedy, I could have like a little page. For it, if you're looking for it, but yeah, I it is something I think about a lot. I I think overall it's a positive response because it's different and people, you know, it's like a great conversation starter. I have it on my LinkedIn actually that I do uh, stand up comedy. I have I have that as like a a role I'm in on my profile. Um, so I I think it's just helpful to you know have something a little unique, have something that people can like start a conversation with you and then as a copywriter i I think it it's intriguing to clients and potential clients because maybe they've wanted to try to incorporate humor in their marketing and didn't really know how to go about that and and so that's something that i could offer to do for them
0: i like it there can't be that many (laughs) it feels Mm -hmm. different and i can see that it would be a, a, a talking point but when you, you say that you want to redo your website, and I'm the same, by the way, I always think yeah. it's about my own. But what is it that you would change? Uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody, you're going to have to go and look at it really quickly before she changes it, or maybe yeah. not. Maybe it'll still be five years. In this, <laughs> no, in, I'm sure in I'll. I'm
1: sure I'll find ways to procrastinate this, and maybe <laughs> I think your positive feedback will make me procrastinate even more.
0: I'm sorry, <laughs> so I'm like,
1: maybe it's good as it. Um, I. I mean, just basic things like I have more recent work that I want to showcase. Um, I also, I'm starting to do a little more like social media strategy for some clients. Like I think I've had a few clients that started out as like, hey, we just want to produce a bunch of content. And then it sort of evolves into, okay, now we want to distribute it. Um, and so I have some more like social media management experience that I want to highlight there that, that's currently not on my website. So just kind of like refocusing the the skill areas and updating more recent work. But I would say, like the biggest blocker for me, and you know, your your listeners who use Squarespace will will understand um, that the the template I chose for Square Squarespace has it's. I really like the home page, but the kind of separate pages for each skill area are. Pretty awful for like from a design perspective. <laughs> um, like the like the images are huge and they take over and then like the the you know caption for what the w- actual work is is like super small and sort of hidden and um, it's just like not a great layout. And so what I need to do is is just go through squarespace templates and pick one that that works better for what I want and but then that means I kind of have to redo the website and that's why i've been putting it off (laughs) if it were just like i need to add a new link that'd be fine but it's uh it's kind of a restructure
0: did you know other freelancers when you went alone
1: yeah i definitely i mean i feel like in marketing um it's becoming more and more common to freelance. I think that's sort of where the, the trends are going. Like companies are outsourcing more and then workers themselves are, are you know, they prefer this flexible schedule. Um, so I knew a handful of freelance freelancers, whether, you know, copywriters like me, or I knew a few people in like video production. And I talked to a lot of people just on the, you know, the nitty gritty of like, how you pay your taxes and how, you know, whether I should set up an LLC. And then, you know, to the the more like general things, like how do you get clients? So yeah, I, d- I definitely talked to a lot of people and got a lot of advice before I really jumped into it.
0: And do you get to hang out with other freelancers now? Or do you just prefer to kind of like, go alone?
1: I, I don't do any like meetups. Like one friend in particular, who's a, a freelancer, like she's she and I will kind of get together every few months and talk shop and sometimes we've I've even like brought her on projects that I'm working on where I need an extra help so we have we have a good relationship there and then I she's been freelancing longer than I have so I can ask her questions about like the administrative side and taxes and things like that um but let's see I mean I I don't I don't do a ton of like you know, like I said, meetups for freelancers. Um, but I do feel like I often get connected to people who are thinking about freelancing or, you know, people reach out to me directly because they want to get started. But also that's, that's why I enjoy listening to the Being Freelance podcast, because it's nice to hear other people's stories. And so it's been nice to have sort of like an online network as well.
0: Yeah. You say you've been doing stand up for five years. I guess that's freelance in itself like are there skills that kind of go across from being a stand-up to being your own business
1: yeah uh so that's what we talked about at at south by southwest that was our panel topic was how stand-up comedy can make you a better marketer Um, um yeah so we we talk a lot about you know the importance of listening to your audience the importance of testing your material before you launch it widely um so like in comedy that means like going to an open mic and trying out a new joke there instead of trying out a new joke at Madison square garden or, or like a huge arena. And, you know, and also the importance of like being authentic and like knowing what your brand identity is like either as a comic or as a, as a company. Um, so yeah, there, there's actually a ton of overlap except in standup. You don't, at least at my level, you don't really get paid. <laughs> so that's, that's the big difference in freelancing. Uh maybe,
0: as you freelance more, you'll get even better at negotiating, and then suddenly you'll start getting paid more for your stand up
1: <laughs> I know I know well I think I think the you know the hope is that, as I freelance and can focus more on stand up and can put more time into my stand up um side hustle, mm. then maybe I would get the kinds of opportunities that that do pay, like the kinds of comedy shows that book comics and and actually pay you money to perform instead of just for the privilege of getting on stage which is great too
0: I love the fact that um you know some people go freelance so so that they can be with their kids or to go surfing every day and actually mm-hmm. a big chunk of of yours is to to be able to do that I don't know not side I don't want to say side hustle <laughs> that side that side passion that you were already doing that yeah. work was holding you back
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people do become freelancers so that they can pursue these um, creative passions. Like I know a friend of a friend um, is is a a, she's a lawyer, but she's also a a writer and is working on a novel. And she um, she's not freelancing, but she's negotiated a uh, a setup with her work where she, um, you know, she only works 80 percent of the week. So she takes one day off from the week just to work on her writing. And then the other four days she's like in the office working at the job but I so I think like a lot of people find you know ways to figure out having a more flexible schedule in order to pursue their their creative dreams too
0: mm. What have you found most challenging about being freelance?
1: Um, let's see i I would say like overall I really love it and I feel lucky that I love it and, and I'm, I'm glad that I started this journey. but I think in the early days. A challenge was not knowing how to sniff out a bad client. Um, One of my first projects when I was like first starting freelancing and and sort of just taking any job that I could get um, was writing a blog post for a a tech company. And we agreed on the fee, but I didn't put a contract in place because it was just like a small one-off project. And so I wrote the blog post and sent it to the editor and then just never heard from him. And I followed up and he would just say, we'll get back to you. And and I just never heard anything else until about a month later, I checked their blog just to see like, oh, maybe they published it and they just didn't tell me. But they had published basically a carbon copy of my blog post, but under a different writer's name, like under one of their in-house writers. So (laughs) I emailed the editor about it, still got no response. Luckily, I knew his boss like that's how I got the job originally, and so i I had to like reach out to her and and luckily, she got it resolved and and they paid me and it was you know ultimately fine, but they they didn't change the name on the blog post and uh and he never like fessed up to he he kind of <laughs> tried to explain like, oh, that was just an error, <laughs> but I was like it was like this is exactly what." my article said and you I don't know so just things like that where like it just showed me how important it is to get a contract in place and just be very clear and have things in writing about like what the expectations are before just like saying yes and and accepting any project you can get
0: yeah and did you put those things into place shortly afterwards
1: yeah so then after that I knew like I'm not going to take a client if they don't sign a contract. I, there was like a few months later, I had another potential client where um, I did like one blog post as sort of a trial. And they, you know, they paid me for that, which was great. And then they asked me to do another one. And I was like, okay, great. But here's my contract. You know, I, do, I really prefer to have a, a, a contract in place before um, we get started. I, You know, I've kind of learned the hard way. And then they just never responded. And I like followed up a few times. And they, just, I don't know, it was something about for for some reason they just were not interested in having a contract. Maybe they got busy and they lost interest. Uh, but I was just glad to avoid <laughs> another. I'm I'm glad oh. I, I I felt comfortable enough to just move on. It's probably a red flag if they don't want to sign a contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. One well, one thing I was going to ask is that uh, so so you know before before we started recording, I was like, how do you describe yourself? A freelance? What? And I said. I thought it was going to be marketer because on your website, it says a serious marketer who also does comedy. Whereas obviously I introduced you as a freelance copywriter was what you call yourself something you wrestled with at all or.
1: Yeah. It's something I still wrestle with. I think I, um, sometimes I say like I'm a freelance marketer who focuses on content and copywriting. If I have enough, you know, (laughs) enough room to play with. Um, but yeah, I think when I first started because I was just coming off of this very generalist role at the startup, I, you know, f- felt I had strong skills across a wide range of of marketing areas and so when I would pitch to clients or or what I would get connected to to potential clients, they would say like, you know, what can you do? And I would say everything and I would like list out like every angle of marketing. And that, you know, I think that just sort of like confused people or they didn't, maybe they didn't really believe that I could really do all those things. And so I have found that it's for me, it's been better to go in like pitching myself as more of a narrow focus. Like say, you know, I do content and copywriting. Um, And then once you get the client and you've been working with them, Often the projects sort of evolve or expand into other areas. So, like I said, I I have a few clients who, um, you know, maybe the the project started out with just some content, um, but then they realize that they need some help distributing the content, and so then I can help with an email strategy or a social strategy. So it it's I think it for me it's it's been helpful to sort of pitch more of a narrow focus and then once i have the client then it's a little easier to expand into other projects
0: yeah i like that now i always do this thing where i ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie what do you have for me sarah
1: yeah so um okay my three facts are i can break dance (laughs) i play the trumpet and I once got a pie in the face at a comedy show.
0: <laughs> What's your best breakdance move?
1: Um, so I was, I never really got into like the advanced moves, but it was like my, in college, a friend of mine started a breakdance club. You know, we just got together like once a week and learns little like pop lock moves and stuff. It was just, like, it was like <laughs> pretty silly.
0: And you can play the trumpet yeah like how how well can you play the trumpet
1: i started in fifth grade and played all through college and then played in a few bands like after college and even up until like a few years ago um i i will say i haven't played in a couple of years but i but i can still pick it up it's like exercising you know in my case if you take a few years off then it takes a while to get back in shape but i still you know if i put the time in i could
0: yeah stronger than your break dance muscle yeah <laughs> <laughs> pine of face seems the most feasible You pine a face <laughs> like pine face not while sitting at a desk at a hewlett-packard but at a right. comedy place like it was in the it was it's the right situation the right prop why i mean that i mean that just seems true <laughs> break trumpet trumpet you were confident about the trumpet i believe the trumpet how many how many Buttony things does a trumpet have? How many? Three. He responded very quickly on that as well. Three buttons. Though you didn't pick me up on whether buttony things was the right word. It's a pretty
1: um, deep knowledge of brass instruments you have there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are they called? Is it
1: valves? Yeah, buttons. Yeah, val- valves is like kind of what's mm. down below. And then buttons are what you push.
0: Okay. Oh, God, that sounds true. Breakdance, but breakdance, forgive me but your experience of breakdance sounded cute slash lame. So that also <laughs> sounded very plausible. You weren't mm, pretending to have been...
1: An amazing competitive breakdancer.
0: Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Okay. Actually, I'm going to say the, tr- the trumpet was so convincing. I'm going to say that is... Oh, except for you You did know how many buttons it had. It's Unless it decision. doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it has six. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> trumpet is the lie
1: no that is the truth <sighs> i got you that's crazy because i am actually a terrible liar so i was very nervous during that segment
0: I, i'm so annoyed with myself i knew it uh- <laughs> was true it, it was so true that it became a lie in my head okay mm-hmm. in that case you, you've never dance.
1: that is something i made up <laughs>
0: <sighs> ah but you kept it so within the realms of possibility
1: Oh my god, I panicked when you said what are your breakdancing moves? That moves. was something I that was something I probably should have Googled before. Oh and god. the fact
0: is, just as with the trumpet, I know no breakdancing moves. You could have said, yeah, "Oh yeah, I really true. I'm really good at the rascal."
1: Yeah. You know the rascal?
0: <laughs> Everybody does the custard flop, can't you? Yeah. Um actually I sh- I should stop making up words in case that's some sort of euphemism. Um right. <laughs> Uh, Where were we? Oh, yes. Uh, Do you know what I I meant to ask earlier on when you were talking about your day and you you said, oh, yeah, I might try and leave the house. Like, is Mm. that like a structured part of your day, like getting out of your space?
1: Yeah, that's um, so when I was working in house, I I was always I always had that attitude of just like like being in an office and just like putting your head down and getting work done and like don't take breaks and don't, you know, I I had like coworkers who would like go and go for coffee or go take a walk. And, and I I don't know, I always had this attitude of like, I'd rather just get done earlier so I can leave the office earlier. But then that always, that doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you still stay late. Um, But since I've started freelancing, because I'm just like alone in my apartment all day, like, you you really do get cabin fever if you, or at least I do, I get cabin fever if I don't like, and also like even like your legs start to cramp up if you realize like you've been at your desk for hours. And so I really try to make a habit of, you know, getting out once a day, usually like in the afternoon, I'll just go for a long walk or I'll do an errand or, you know, maybe I'll have plans to like get lunch with someone, like just something that takes me out of my apartment and, and out from behind my desk so that, um, you know, I can like interact with the world a little bit. <laughs> um, cause I've, I've learned that I, that's like something that's important that maybe I didn't feel it so acutely when I was working in an office with a bunch of people around. Um, but yeah, since I've started freelancing and it's, it's something I try to make time to do.
0: Now, if you could tell your younger self, one thing about being freelance, what would that be?
1: Ooh. Um, well, like we talked about before, always get a contract in place before starting a, a project. Um, but also, I think one thing that I learned early on too, like like pricing is always difficult. Um, I I usually charge hourly, and so figuring out my hourly rate, I think when I was first starting, I, I definitely lowballed myself. And then you know, when you happen to get a client that's like a long term, ongoing client, that's great. But then if you're locked into Low rate, then you know that can be frustrating. I think I would tell my younger self to not be afraid to ask high, and then you can always negotiate down. Um, Sometimes I would get scared to ask for higher rates, but especially for bigger companies, like it's you know it doesn't make that much of a difference to them, but it makes a huge difference to you. Um, So I would say, like, ask for a high rate, let me know if that's what you had in mind or. Uh, you know, happy to s- discuss if you had another budget in mind. So, so, something like that that says what you want, but then leaves it open for discussion. If if that doesn't work for them,
0: Sarah, it's been really good talking to you. Uh, you can go to beingfreelance.com. dot com. There will be links through, so that you can find Sarah online, and um, whatever her website looks like by the time you get to that, of yeah. course.
1: <laughs> probably the same let's be real <laughs>
0: yeah snap um yep so beingfreelance.com where of course is over 200 guests so go check them out and make sure you've hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast Flip back through all of the guests over the past five years or so also come join us in the community loads of freelancers from around the world hanging out together uh, the link is at beingfreelance.com uh yeah the the stuff that you can buy in the shop you can buy me a coffee and biscuits these days what else is there oh yeah the the videos and the articles anyway beingfreelance.com go uh, fill your boots on that but for now Sarah thank you so much and all the best being freelance
1: thank you yeah it's been great thanks so much for having me on